Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome back to the Osho Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Yell, and we have a guest host this time around. Since Hughes is in the woods, we have Mr. Tatsu Shigeta. What up? So, Tat is a big soccer fan, big Liverpool fan. Um, Hughes is not really either of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, we thought this would be a perfect time to talk a little soccer. So, this past, uh, well, both the Champions League and the Premier League this season were absolutely bananas, especially Tots. for Liverpool. Um, but I want to kind of get into the Champions League first. Mm-hmm. So, the, we finally have the final uh, this past Saturday and Liverpool wound up winning two thing over Tottenham. Uh wasn't the prettiest of all games. Um <laughs> but you know it wasn't it wasn't the worst game I've ever seen. Uh nah. what did you think about the game overall and especially the uh early handball decision? Well, first off, I'd like to just say that uh I was watching this game uh at an airport. Uh, I was delayed 10 hours for my flight. It was crazy. Um, Delta did not have it together. But uh, (laughs) um, what it did allow me to do was watch the whole game. So uh, I was in front of my laptop watching the game. I think it was a clear handball, first 30 seconds. Um, Although, you know, it's pretty ballsy, um, I'd say, for the ref to award that um, in a Champions League game. But... At the same time, I mean, you know, if you look back at it, you know, you kind of feel bad for Sissoko. This guy's just trying to cover. Um, he's pointing at his uh, teammates to cover him. And uh, I almost feel like um, I almost feel like Mane kind of cheekily um, crossed that in. Maybe I don't know if he was looking to hit the arm or not, but to me, it almost did um, look like it. And it did. It hit his chest. It went off the arm. It kind of rolled up the arm, um, I think it was pretty clear foul. Um, and then Mo Salah puts it away. I'm actually surprised more players don't uh, try to do that and actually like aim for kind of outstretched mm-hmm. limbs and everything. They Obviously, the professional soccer players have that kind of precision that they probably could. And I know in the at least in the Premier League next year, they are kind of taking away – like even incidental handballs and yeah right right which is going to be interesting because i don't know some like suzoko's that was i mean that had to be called but there's somewhere i mean the arms just kind of like (laughs) you can't disattach your arm and sometimes it just hits it so hopefully they'll have a little more discretion in that as far as the game goes though it was i didn't think tottenham played terrible but i don't think either team uh (laughs) They didn't really have good uh, setup through the middle, nah. and it just kind of made for sort of a stagnant kind of style of play, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you got to give it up to Tottenham because, I mean, they they maintain possession a lot of the time. Um, you know, Liverpool still looking dangerous here and there, but really I, I can't even think of a, a, a good shot on goal outside of um, uh, the wingers taking a couple of shots outside the box, really, which, man, those guys have been something this year, but we'll talk a little, a little bit more about that later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a clean game for Liverpool. I will say that, you know, they were still doing their thing in terms of uh, 
kind of cutting off passes, just kind of having players in the right places. I mean, you're not going to get past Virgil van Dijk, man. He was he was something. He was a front runner for like Premier League player of the year, I think. Mm. And uh that's pretty rare for a defenseman, especially with uh so many potent scores in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um but I'd also like to go back even further back to the absolutely bananas uh, semifinals mm. where Liverpool and Barcelona had one of the greatest like come from behind slash upsets that I've ever seen because <laughs> um, yeah, I watched the first leg of that and honestly Liverpool didn't play that terribly, but no, no. but at the end of the day it was three nothing against I mean, one of the best teams in the world, especially as far as star power is concerned. And coming back to Anfield, even though that place is pretty electric, I uh, I did not have high hopes. How are you feeling headed into that second leg? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, my I was pretty much, you know, I wouldn't say I'd completely given up, but it was definitely a long shot. I mean, and with you know, Salah and uh, Mane out too. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling too good about that. Obviously, um, you know, the the previous game, obviously, it was a, it was a messy show, and uh, you know, messy even away from home is always dangerous. But uh, it's a pretty steady game in terms of goals. I mean, Liverpool are just playing out of their minds. They're just so organized, um, and the goals came from from guys you wouldn't have thought who would have scored. I mean, Genie Wijnaldum was clutch. Divock Origi, man. That, the, guy, the guy comes out of nowhere, um, coming off the bench most of the year, and um, he's he made several um, insane goals this year. I mean, like going back to um, a game against Everton, uh, the Newcastle game recently, um, he was just lights out, man. It was... It was an insane thing to watch. Um, Anfield was, I mean, you, you said it's electric usually, but that was just next level, man. I mean, yeah, that was that was insane. <laughs> they broke the 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 Richter scale, the decimal scale, whatever you want to call it, man. Yeah, it was just insane, and honestly, that like just the atmosphere of the that stadium. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm like. A hardcore Liverpool fan or anything. Oh, have, but, we co- uh, have we converted you? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, when I was younger, especially when I uh, was playing like the FIFA games, I mean, just like the energy of Anfield. Whenever I watched them play, uh, particularly during the Fernando Torres days, uh, it definitely made me. Uh, you know, I lo- I liked them. You know, I, I mean, had nothing against them. You gotta love the Carlsberg jersey, man. I mean, that's a classic. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I I feel like that's what got me into it too. I mean, we were, we were kind of playing FIFA around the same time. Um, I mean, obviously, I was playing in our room all the time. Yeah, going back, um, I'm sure you guys have mentioned this, but of course, Matteo and I and uh, Hughes were all roommates back in college, so many hours spent playing FIFA. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's weird because uh, I was actually recently listening to another sports podcast where they had. Um, they had two guys that were part of their cast that one was a Liverpool fan and one was a Tottenham fan. 
but the Tottenham fan was actually from England and from like Tottenham area. Right. And they were both uh, talking about how, you know, in England, usually your allegiance is based on where you live. But he did notice that a lot of Americans, unless you're a Manchester United fan, like a lot of Americans will base their team off of who they play with in FIFA. FIFA. Which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I just found that kind of interesting. But um, speaking of it being an all-English Champions League final, the Premier League this year was, well, I mean, disappointing for you Liverpool fans, but exciting nonetheless. It was crazy because I thought Liverpool was going to run away with the title, and then Manchester City just kept rolling and knocking off wins, win after win. It was crazy. Going back just like a few months ago, I mean, like, you know, back when we played uh, City in January, you know, we, we hadn't lost yet. Um, and, you know, that was a, it was a close game. Obviously, City won it. But it really seemed like from there, um, both teams were, were lights out. I mean, Liverpool went through a little stretch where they had a few draws. But, um, you know, City just were that much more consistent. Um because City too, they had a, a little stretch where they had a few losses, and but yeah, that like final stretch. I mean, City I think won what fourteen was it fourteen points or something? No, fourteen matches in a row that they won or something like that. It was uh, it's crazy. I mean, that's that's hard to beat. I mean, even though uh, Liverpool ended up with ninety seven points, which is I think in the top four in Premier League history, if not top three. And the only teams that have gotten more points than that in a Premier League season are City last year, who are just ridiculous, and and City this year. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that, like, this year Liverpool had such a great season just because it's sort of like, if you were like the Utah Jazz during the uh, Michael Jordan era, where <laughs> like you're really good and you always make it to the finals, but like <laughs> there's just that team that's uh, just a little bit better. But yeah, I remember wa- I was watching the final day where you know they have all the Premier League matches televised mm-hmm. and they're all going on at the same time, which I love. I wish more sports would do that, where especially the NFL, where um, there's not that many games so a lot of teams would still be in it and if they just had all the games being played at the same time on available networks like that would just be insane yeah but uh but yeah there was that uh i think it lasted only for like a minute but uh basically the setup was what was it man if man city won then they would win the title but if they drew or lost and liverpool won Liverpool yep. won the title. And so <laughs> the setup was Liverpool was playing – who were they playing, Wolves? Uh, they were playing – yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they were playing, playing Wolves, who not respectable side. But uh, Manchester City was playing Brighton, Hove, and Albion, who uh, I think got relegated this year. So uh, it wasn't looking great from the outset. Mm-hmm. And – I, I was watching the Brighton and Manchester City game and just out of nowhere, after being, you know, pretty dominated in possession, Brighton scores 
to make it one nothing, and just everything in the Premier League went crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was watching that game, and uh, you could actually see it in the the Anfield crowd. Um, it just went like bazonks, like <laughs> everybody just going nuts. Like you could clearly tell that that uh, City had been scored on, and it was uh, yeah again like. That's another thing watching uh, Liverpool that's so fun is like, you know, you can tell everything from the fans. I mean, they're 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 so loud. They just have so much emotion. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. But uh, yeah, in that moment, you know, you kind of had some hope, at least for what was it, a couple minutes. Yeah, and then Sergio Aguero comes down. You know, scores a tying goal, and then from there, Manchester City pretty much routed uh, Brighton. And, I mean, Liverpool couldn't do anything at that point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of that season wrapped up with uh, Man City winning the league, Liverpool number two, but both of them still going to the Champions League next year. Uh, I just wanted to get your take as a Liverpool fan of how you feel I don't know exactly who's, you know, rumored to be coming and going, but how you feel about your team uh, heading into next season? Feeling pretty good. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty quiet uh, transfer season. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of places where they could maybe uh, get a little more reinforcements. Um, obviously, our front three are lights out, but they could use a little backup. You know, this year, some guys stepped up. Jordan Shakiri was good off of the bench, especially early in the season. In the end of the season, came up with some clutch um, assists. Um, Diva Karigi, of course, kind of has been our uh, uh, talisman off the bench. But, um, you know, both of those guys, they might say, they might not, especially Origi. And actually, I wouldn't be terribly mad if we could get some money for Origi for... Um, a better option. A lot of, I mean, there's a lot of players that have been linked with uh, Liverpool from Bundesliga, La Liga, uh, you name it. Um, but we're also kind of missing, I think, uh, a little creativity in the in the midfield. Um, we could definitely, we definitely take a, a high-profile player there, um, some creativity in the attack. But uh, I think it's going to be pretty quiet. We're not going to spend too much money. Obviously, we did that last summer, bringing in Virgil van Dijk, uh, Fabinho. Those guys have been just – Allison, all of those guys have just been amazing. So, Yeah, the Premier League should be – I mean, always is. should be continue to be a top league next year because Liverpool should still be intact. Man City um, company, I think, said he's leaving, but they should also still be relatively intact. And I know that, or it's rumored that Manchester United is going to allow their manager to spend like crazy this summer. Yeah. And I mean, that club is always like, it's crazy that a down year for them is sixth place in the champion or in the Premier League. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about like the worst year. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. <laughs> they change. They changed managers. They thought they had a little hope, and then they just went downhill the last quarter of the season. And yeah, a lot of people are questioning that uh, move. Actually, um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, came in. Obviously, uh, 
he had a great career with uh, United um, back in the 90s, early 2000s, won a lot of trophies, uh, was known as the uh, best uh, bench player coming off the bench, scoring a lot of goals. Um, and that's kind of how he was, uh, I felt like that's kind of how he managed early on. And, you know, a lot of players kind of bought into that energy. Um, but it seemed like as soon as uh, United offered him that uh, full-time deal, um, they just kind of started to tank. Yeah, which is unfortunate because they're kind of like the Yankees and the Lakers where, yeah, a lot of people don't like them, but at the end of the day, it's better for the sport if they're good. And unfortunately, they won't be in the Champions League next year, but... I do kind of hope that they turn it around and at least make it a more more active race in the Premier League just because, I mean, last year Man City ran away with it. And this year, yeah, the Man City-Liverpool thing was, um, you know, pretty captivating. But it was like those two teams just blew by everybody. I mean, I I forget who finished third. I think Tottenham might have actually finished third. Uh, they were... Yeah, it was no. I I think Tottenham actually. I thought Tottenham finished fourth. No, did they finish third after all? Um, because I, uh, I thought maybe Arsenal or Chelsea stuck, snuck in there for third. Yeah, Chelsea started playing pretty good towards the end of the year too. Yeah, I think it was Chelsea that snuck into snuck into third. Yeah, seventy two points, but. Yeah, no, um, towards the end, it was kind of hilarious because nobody wanted those third or fourth spots between Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, United. They're, they're just, everybody was playing flat. I mean, Chelsea, um, like you just said, just kind of came up with a few points towards the end uh, to get in there. But, you know, Tottenham were third most of the most of the season, it seemed like, and they uh, they kind of didn't want it after all. Um, yeah, they might have been a bit too focused on the Champions League because they had their hands full with uh, Ajax, surprisingly. But <laughs> So um, a couple of teams that um, I thought were kind of, uh, or at least one um, that kind of came out of nowhere um, and really kind of killed it was uh, Wolves. Yeah, they finished uh, seven behind yeah. Man City. Or Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, Wolves were a great team. Every time we played them, uh, I felt kind of uneasy because they, they're they really well-organized. They kind of played some good counterattacking football. It was, um, yeah, it was fun to watch them. They're not usually with the uh, power six. And I kind of, well, I like how they do it in soccer. I'm not sure how I could do it in sports over here but i love the relegation system where if you you know just aren't performing for a season like you're done get out of here yep, really good <laughs> like go to the minors yeah. um i mean it would just be so hard to do it here like you would have to yeah the only sport where it could even make sense would be baseball but you would have to completely eliminate like minor league ties to major league teams. Right. But if you did that, I mean, you essentially could. And so, you know, maybe you would have the, the 
Marlins and the Orioles, like, they're not in the MLB next season. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be – I mean, I just think that would be uh, – it would be interesting. Obviously, it wouldn't work with the system that we have in now. But I just like how – I also like how it, like, keeps teams like that involved. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, like, up here, I live close – I live in western New York. And so we get a lot of the Bills games. So – that also means that we get Bills and Jets <laughs> two <laughs> times a year and Bills and Dolphins. Uh, and it's just cool that in the Premier League, a matchup between the like 15th place team and the 16th place team can be significant because you don't want to drop down into that relegation zone. Right. Whereas over here, there's, I mean, once you know that two teams are not going to make the playoffs, there's almost no point in even watching anything or caring at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and same thing with, uh, you know, the whole playoff system, right? I mean, you know, in, in soccer, you're, you're playing for, for different cups. So you're, you're, you're kind of, you know, weighing out, you know, when during the season you need to play well um, to make sure that you're like doing what you need to do for, for each cup you're playing for um, and, and not to be relegated, all these different things um, kind of factor into it. Whereas, you know, I feel like a lot of major sports um, here, you know, maybe during the regular season, obviously you want to play well enough to get into a playoff spot. But, you know, you could easily kind of get into uh, a cruising mode where you're, you know, you're resting a lot of players here and there and making sure you're um, doing what needs to be done to make sure that you hit the right stride in the playoffs. It's just crazy how over in soccer they play for, obviously they're domestically, but there's domestic cups and international cups. And over here, you know, LeBron James is worried about playing more than 70% of the games. Like, <laughs> Hey, LeBron James is also worried about Liverpool winning because that boy just made some money. Yeah. <laughs> If uh, for those of you who don't know, LeBron James has a two percent stake in Liverpool Football Club, so he just had a nice, uh, nice check. Yeah, it was, uh, it's interesting being a soccer fan over here in the states. Like, I can't even imagine how crazy it is in England because, I mean, England by size comparison is maybe is like about the size of Michigan. And they pack all those teams in there. And that's why it's just so intense and fiery and everything. And I don't know. I just wonder if soccer will ever get that kind of intensity over here. Because, I mean, we keep hearing about soccer growing. And pretty much every single person I know at some point in their life, even if they're not into sports as adults, like played soccer when they were kids at some point. <laughs> and I mean, the men's team, they have their moments every 10 years, <laughs> but the, uh, the women's team is dominant. And um, I'm just wondering if soccer will ever truly, truly catch on to compete with, or even overtake maybe something like baseball, which is fading. Yeah. My, my take kind of, you know, especially, I think we have a pretty good uh, young generation. Um, 
right now in the U.S. So, you know, um, look out for um, the Gold Cup and, and um, you know, stuff coming up, maybe maybe the Olympics. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you think about players like uh, we're finally starting to get some recognition, I feel like, um, across – over the seas, you know, Christian Pulisic is going to Chelsea next year. Um, that's that, that's going to be fun to watch. You know, a um, couple players here and there. Uh, but uh, I feel like it's all about the youth system, right? I feel like maybe MLS teams don't quite have the same caliber um, of youth system that they have in, for instance, um, England. Um, because the foundation of a lot of these teams. And um, I know for sure in uh, Liverpool, uh, a lot of young players come up and, and are able to make an impact. I mean, one of the best players on Liverpool's current squad, Trent Alexander-Arnold, a right back uh, who's been lights out. Klopp brought him in when he was 18, 19 years old to the first team um, to make his first appearance. And I mean, in just two years, he's been great. But that's all because he's been brought through this whole um, youth system that Liverpool has um, that's just kind of amazing. So I feel like, you know, going to the MLS, and I've, I've heard things about, um, you know, more teams uh, kind of buying into that. But uh, I, I think that's, that's what it's going to take, right, in terms of, you know, obviously we can sit and send our good players overseas, but um, it has to – the base has to come from, you know, your 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 home country's league, right? Your home country's uh, professional league, and and that all starts, you know, with the youngins. Yeah, definitely, the youth system is very important because uh, just the way the soccer is perceived in the U.S. Like, for instance, if you are born and are, you know, just a naturally great, gifted athlete in Brazil. Like, you grow up wanting to play soccer. And that's kind of what it would have to take over in the States because if you grow up a naturally gifted athlete in the U.S., you know, you're looking at basketball or football, and soccer is, like, kind of in the backdrop. So I think that just trying to get people interested in soccer at an early age would be good. And I also think that it might help with, uh, like, celebrities. And just getting them involved with teams and getting them, you know, kind of associated with them where it would be something like you think of, you know, the Portland Timbers and you all of a sudden associate that with, I don't know, like uh, John Hamm or something like that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Lumberjacks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Um, And I feel like I feel like. the Premier League is actually doing that in the U.S. Um, you know, you, you have high-profile people like LeBron James uh, being excited about soccer. Um, and obviously, you know, people that follow him are, are going to look at that. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it, it's definitely going to take uh, kind of a, a, a culture change. But I, I do feel like it's happening little by little. Whether or not, uh, you know, that, that can extend to the MLS – not sure yet, but you know, you see, um, uh, David Beckham is, is uh, a majority stakeholder in a new MLS team um, that's starting next year. Enter Miami, 
with who, by the way, I believe I'm going to follow since I have not been following MLS all of my life. Um, if I'm going to start at any time, why not with the team of David Beckham into Miami? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the, uh, what was his name, Polistic, I think it is? Yeah, Polistic. Yeah, I think that signing and him playing for Chelsea is going to be, I mean, I don't want to say monumental for soccer over here, but it's going to be, I think it should create a lot of momentum because, you know, you if you ask someone, do you want to watch, you know, player X playing MLS for the Chicago Fire, a lot of people aren't going to be that hyped. But if you want to watch, you know, an American, even though he's playing for an English club, I think that alone will get more people interested in, okay, like, I think athletes, I guess when they grow up here, they think, oh, well, if I'm going to play soccer, then I guess I have to play in the MLS. And I think this signing will show you that, no, man, you can go play for the big boys. And then uh, and then when the World Cup and the uh, International Cups come around, like, you can help Team USA play better. And then that'll just kind of lift up the whole sport in general in the country. Right. Um, and I feel like, you know, here um, in the U.S., um, people people really only follow soccer for, you know, that, that, that month of the World Cup, right? I mean, everybody's all about USA um, during the World Cup and, and, and soccer, you know, they, they might not know anything about it, but they love watching it. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, that will kind of, you know, give the, give the kind of incentive for um, people that maybe do only tune in every four years to kind of continue in that period in between World Cups, right? Um, you want to follow these players to see how they develop and, you know, um, how they get to the next um, World Cup. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've definitely got some, some players coming in. I mean, Christian Pulisic, obviously, um, is going to be awesome. Um, you know, DeAndre Edlin plays for Newcastle. Um, so, you know, young players like that, um, that kind of are making a name for themselves in, in the uh, biggest leagues in the world, um, whether it's Premier League or um, La Liga, Bundesliga. Um, yeah, definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap up our soccer talk. And now it's time for another NSRR. Uh, this is less of a rant and more of like something that's secretly awesome. But I wanted to talk about just forgetting things and how that can sometimes be pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so like like this past Friday, I completely forgot that it was payday Friday. Mm. And then when I remembered it was like it was like a shot in the arm, a shot of adrenaline. And then like I forgot that I had uh, like some food in the fridge. And then I looked in there and it was still in there. And it was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes, you know, you you wash your clothes and then, oh, you're, you're like, hey, I got a $20 bill. Yeah, like, sometimes I wish that I could just, like, I wish that I could forget that I watched a series just so I could go watch it again. <laughs> just completely forget about it? Yeah, like Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, I'd like to completely forget that a season, but that's, yeah, uh, that's another topic. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, if anybody ever, you know, puts you down for forgetting, they don't know what they're missing out on. <laughs> hey, man, I, I feel like it's better to be naive sometimes, right? I mean, you know, go with the flow, kind of that 
Winnie the Pooh sort of approach to life, you know what I mean? I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, Hughes is still going to be in the woods next weekend oh, or next man. week. Um, we'll, I'll probably be on here talking about something. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> probably the Stanley Cup and NBA Finals. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, those will be – well, the Stanley Cup will be wrapping up, and depending on how good the Warriors or the Raptors play, the NBA Finals might be wrapping up. But uh, do, you, do you have any uh, words of uh, wisdom on that? Any I mean, predictions? honestly, like, I'm just not even interested in the Stanley Cup anymore. <laughs> like, it kind of sucks. Um, I just don't care about either team. But uh, I really hope – that the Raptors win. Me too, man. Like, I think the world hopes that they win. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Drake certainly does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> what is, All right. Yeah. What's up? I, say, I, I was just going to say quickly, like, what is your uh, thoughts on that in terms of, uh, uh, you know, Drizzy being Drizzy during the games? Um, no, they're, they're just playing around. Like, it's not anything serious or anything. But uh, do you, I mean, do yeah, you, I mean, I don't... do you think it's it's kind of good, you know, for for the finals just to have like this like little like hype sort of thing? I mean, does it does it help? It might help a little bit, but I don't think it's going to necessarily attract you know tons of people, especially now when you can just see like a clip of what happened, what actually happened between them, like online after the game. If you don't want to watch the whole game, yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But it is, you know, just kind of something that it's something for the media to talk about, especially after the series. No matter who wins or loses, because if the Raptors win, then everyone's going to be like, "Oh man, Drake got in their heads." And then if they lose, it's going to be like, "Oh man, Drake, you just keep losing." The, the, the Drake curse is real, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know that he uh, he like posted a picture with him and Anthony Joshua before this weekend, right. and then Joshua got put to sleep. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I would not want to hang out with Drake ever. <laughs> All right, folks, that's gonna wrap up this episode. Um, yeah, I'm gonna see you next week. Uh, thank you, Tatsu, for coming on. Yes, sir. And we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. <laughs>